and welcome back episode number 91 of the New York Pages podcast in partnership with Inside the Rink. I'm your host, Jacob Berkowitz, and I'm alongside the coach, Bernaluka. And today we have Andrew, some of you know him as Andrew Way from Twitter or X or whatever it's called. We're going to be discussing the Rangers prospect pool more. But first, just want to let you guys know to go to InsideTheRink.com slash ESPN to subscribe to ESPN Plus to watch games and more. And yeah, let's get to it. And we are back. Drew, how's it going? It's going well. How about you guys? Dead August, not... Uh... Uh, you know, I'm doing I'm doing good. I I got some advice for everyone out there. Don't do parkour behind a bar with a bottle in your hand because I did that earlier tonight. And uh, why? We were doing parkour. All right. It, it were, you, were, were you drinking in 2010? Wait, no, aren't you older no. than me? What the fuck are you doing doing parkour? Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of questions here. Look, look, look. There's and it wasn't like I actually did like parkour. I did like a stupid move and I just, it was like, there was like just a puddle of water. I didn't see. And I ate it completely. And all, uh, all, yeah. all I know is if you were doing this earlier with a bottle in your hand, this should be a fun podcast. So let's go. <laughs> yeah, no. It, and I honestly, like, I wasn't even drinking at the time that it happened either. So that was, you're lying, but it's cool. Uh, let's go. No, it's true. I, I, I was about <laughs> to leave. It's that, that's the funny part. So yeah, let's 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 talk about some hockey. Let's some some <laughs> prospects, right? Yeah, like yeah. that's the white wine you got going on there, though. So there's yeah, that. no, it's uh, it's numbing the n- numbing the pain, right? Yeah, now. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. wow, you really did hurt yourself. Oh no, I I really did. Like this is pretty. Yeah, Luke yeah. Just Ouch. So what did you yeah. fall on the hand that was holding the beer? It was it wasn't a beer bottle. It was a bottle of Casamigo. So it was a uh-huh. fairly. It's a fairly large bottle, and then I was lying in a complete puddle of reposado, so I had a nice uh, vanilla, oaky smell to me. Well, wait, wait. So, so you had a bottle of tequila in your hand, but you weren't drinking, is what you're saying? No, I was making someone a drink. Uh huh. I can. Uh, I'm sure. That's why. That's why I say too. It wasn't mine. I swear to God. Yeah. Anyway, New York Ranger prospects. What 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 do we got tonight, boys? Let's do it. You Hard guys tell pick. me where we're going with this. Uh, Burke, you, you lead it off. You want me to just talk about how Gabe Perot is way better than Brendan Othman, or because people hate when I say that, but it's you know, true. We, we, go have, we, we weren't going to go there, but I, yeah, I do want to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what it is, is uh, I've said this a few times now, and people hate it, but like, when you talk about who's the better prospect, you're not talking about who's the better hockey player right now. Obviously, Brendan Othman's the better hockey player right now. He's a couple of years older. But when you talk about, at least when I talk about who's the better prospect, I'm talking about who has the highest, most likely outcome. So not highest ceiling. I, I think it's a mistake, the people who only rate prospects based on ceiling, but most likely outcome. And Gabe Perot is most likely a second line winger with, Definitely potential to be a first line winger. And Brendan Othman is most likely a middle six winger. Um, I mean, they're both great. I'm happy the Rangers got them both. But I mean, Gabe Perot is just at this age, a much more talented, well-rounded hockey player than Othman is. You know, uh, and, and I say that just as a compliment to pro, not a ding on Othman, just no, to be clear. I, I also, I, I get what you're saying too, because you're also taking into account like where they are right now or where he is right now as a pair. Relative to like, his age. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So I, I get exactly what you're saying. I mean, pro put up more points than Jack Eichel and Austin Matthews and Jack Hughes in the U S NTDP, not saying he's better than them, but like, yeah. 
you gotta if, take if that party, into account. <laughs> if you're if you're going to the same party with those guys, yeah. uh, something's going on. Right. Generally. Is his skating concern overblown? I, I know we weren't originally supposed yes. to oh. it's his concern, the concern's overblown and and by all accounts, he's been working his butt off to improve it. Um, and, and Scott Wheeler's up from the Athletic is one of the prospect the pro prospect analysts that I trust the most. And he was reporting recently how, by all accounts, and how he's looked at the recent tournament stuff, like he clearly has putting it been putting in a lot of work on his skating. And, and I get it; like New York Ranger fans are scorned by high end prospects where skating is the knock. When you look at Kako and Lafreniere and some of the other guys, but. You know, it, it, it is pro a high end skater? No, uh, and that is, and if he was, he probably would have gone top ten, <laughs> uh, and he wouldn't be a Rangers prospect right now. But am I concerned about it? Also, no. All right, I like that. Um, you know, right right off the bat, uh, I think we were, before we started recording, uh, Berkey had mentioned something about Barker. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I got a pretty broad question but is there a center prospect in the rangers farm system right now that has a future in the nhl and i'll I'll leave i'll leave that as broad as a statement as i could put it you know yeah i mean bryce mcconnell barker does have a future in the nhl um is he a top six center probably not um but yeah he i I do strongly believe he's got a future in the nhl um and, and in terms of other guys that I would say like, yeah, this is a Rangers prospect that has a, a shot at having a future in the NHL. It's Ryder Korzak is the other one. Um, mm. He's high end skill, but hasn't quite it, pretty raw and hasn't quite put it all together. Um, you know, he's a hard working player and he's a good puck carrier, but you know, he, he does have a lot to still work on. Um, you know, he, he, at times when you watch him looks like he's kind of fading or like hosting in games. And, and, and I think that's generally on unf- like when people like say things like, Oh, he doesn't care or he's not trying generally that's wrong. It's you're just like, you know, misinterpreting whether it's a system and stuff like that. And so I wouldn't say he's not trying or anything like that. It just, at times it looks like he's kind of, you know, just coasting a bit, letting his other teammates carry, carry the play, uh, but he's a very good face-off player. He's got high end skill, uh, he's a pretty good shooter, and, and I'd absolutely think he, he's got an NHL career. The problem with Korzak is he might be one of those guys where that falls into that trap of, you know, he, he's got the skill set to be you know, more your second line, third line guy. But, like you know, is he good enough to play in that role as opposed to fourth line? And he's not what you want on the fourth line. And, and some guys, sometimes guys just don't really get an NHL career because it's like skill set wise, they're top nine skilled. You don't want him in your bottom on your bottom line. But, you know, when you try to break in and he's in the bottom line and that doesn't go well and they get kicked back down to the AHL and they lose confidence and et cetera, et cetera. So it's it's kind of just a, a matter of, you know, him continuing to develop, take time with him and don't bring him up until he's ready to at least be like a third line type of player. He's in Vancouver, right? Uh, last time I saw he was in Moose Jaw. So okay. unless he got, yeah, I, I, I'm not... I, 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 I get mixed up with all the the junior prospects and where they are because they get they they move around pretty, quite a bit. I feel like they they do, and, and I'm pretty sure he's in Moose Jaw. But here, let me just look this up real quick so I don't sound like an idiot. Uh, it's funny, Elite Prox, Prospects is labeling him in Hartford, 
But uh, yeah, it's yeah, he's Moostra. I was right. Okay. Yeah, he play, and he played five games in Hartford at the end of last year, which is why their elite prospects is labeling him as Moostra. And I think he's this was his last year in junior, so it's he'll probably be in the AHL this year. Okay. So Adam Sakura, people say he's going to be Love a fan him. favorite. Oh, there we yeah, go. Abs- absolutely. He'll be a fan favorite. Yes. And the reason for that is because, I mean, fans fall in love with guys they can relate to. And when you're watching a hockey game, guys who work their ass off every single shift and are gritty and aren't afraid to mix it up and this and that, those are always players that fans tend to draw themselves to. I mean, if you look at the Tom Wilson contract extension, which <laughs> objectively is ridiculous, but capital fans are pumped and it's because he's a fan favorite and he he's, you know, a tough physical player who also has some skill who, and can skate well. And they're viewing him as the kind of leader that maybe can replace a Ovechkin recently, uh, recently Christ, eventually, um, you know, a, as the captain and it, but like, you know, he's not the fan. He's not a fan favorite because he's the most talented player on the team. He's a fan favorite because he's got skill and can score and all that, but also is physical and gritty and, and does the things that where you're, if you're putting yourself in an NHL player shoes, you're like, yeah, that's how I would play the game. And that's Adam Sakura. I mean, he's not Tom Wilson. Don't get me wrong, but he is, you know, he, he's kind of like a bigger Matt Zuccarello almost in terms of he, every shift, he leaves it on the ice. He, you know, will scrum it up with anyone. And then he also has enough skill to hang in the, in, you know, in a middle six kind of role. He reminds me a little bit of uh, Callahan, like a kind of can like pop in between the, like all the lines from some stuff I've seen of him. Like he's just one of those, uh, honey badger type players that is just really really hard to play against and yeah i, I kind of get that yeah i would say like callahan with better hands is, is a good kind of comp for him okay I like that. Well, that should be good because Callahan didn't have that great hands <laughs> no no callahan has stone hands but it's yeah uh, sakura is one of those players where the more you watch him the more you like him and the more you appreciate all the little things he does to open up space for his teammates and he's got skill of his own he's got decent hands and and again it's that motor and the tenacity that people fall in love with real quick in addition to he's got enough talent to actually you know make it in the nhl right speaking about sorry speaking about the similar motor type thing what about berard and the second you were saying that it's like okay obviously he's going to berard i just feel like it was it was an easy transition segue i feel like it just made sense going to him right away yeah no i of course and and again you know if you want to use the zuccarello comp Berard's probably the better one to do in terms of he's a uh, Berard's probably a better skater than Zuccarello ever was but he's small and won't back down from anyone like Berard is that um that that like water bug type player where he's all over the ice flying around will hit anyone even though he's half the size of half the guy I think he's five nine maybe and like 180 sopping wet but he's that player that would try to face wash Chara like just like you know that that's like the famous like Zuccarello like play yeah. that every members when he's you know five foot seven hobbit trying to face wash six foot eight chara berard would do that he, he that is absolutely the kind of player he is but berard's got great hands a good shooter good passer and despite how small he is he likes to play in the middle of the ice and he doesn't mind trying to drive the net get in front of the net get into the dirty areas and so berard again is one of those kind of players that fans will easily fall in love with and you, you know a couple of years from now if you have like a third line 
line that have Sakura and Berard on it, like that would be the kind of line that fans would love every single time they're out on the ice. The lunch pail line. Lunch pail line that also has scale. I mean, yeah. both play left wing, at least as of now. And so, but you know, both either of them could probably bump over the right, no problem, given that both are pretty cerebral players. But yeah, th- that's the kind of line where it's like put, you know, uh, a Trocek centering, you know, Berard and Sikora, you know, three years from now. And that could be a really fun line that could also, you know, put up enough points to, you know, to warrant plenty of ice time. Really don't want to think about Trocek still being on this team in three years. But, uh, he, uh, unless they trade him, he will I be. I know, I know, no, it's, it's a reality, but I'm just like, yeah. God damn it, that's right. That actually is going to be a thing, right? Um, so speaking of them, you know, saying playing on the third line, uh, both Sakura and Berard, um, is that kind of where you see them topping out is probably like good third line guys? Um, I mean, I know uh, so the way, the way I, t- yeah, no, no. I mean, it's a good question. The way I tend to view things is it's, you have top line, middle six and bottom line. Um, yeah. So, and, and w- with a lot of like the better NHL coaches, you'll see that there's very little difference in the deployment of the second and third lines. Like if you look at the way, like, like the Tampa Bay lightning, when they won their cups, like the second and third lines were deployed, you know, based on matchups and situation of this and that. But in terms of overall ice time, both were, uh, it, it, they, they both were viewed similarly in terms of like what they'd be trusted to do in the overall ice time they'd get. And so the way I tend to kind of break guys down is it's, it's this guy can be a top liner, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say star because I think that term gets thrown around too much, but you know, legit top line player, then middle six, play the second or third line, depending on the situation, matchups, et cetera. And then your fourth line guy. And I think both Berard and Sakura are, you know, those middle six type both probably better suited in a vacuum in a third line-ish role, but either could has the potential to be a second liner, depending on team, you know, makeup, matchups, those kind of right. things. What, what would keep, uh, I guess we're talking about both of them, so keep on both of them. Uh, what would keep both of them from being good third line guys or from making the NHL being regulars? Like, what are the things that will hold them back or could hold them back from actually producing at that level? Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll just assume we mean aside from injuries right because obviously sure, yeah, injury yes, will do that yeah, yeah. yeah and brought it to size it's you know he's five foot nine and he's pretty lean and despite the way he plays you know you have certain coaches and gms and stuff like that that are always going to kind of make smaller players like that prove it prove it and prove it again before they really get their shot so for Brard, it's definitely his size and sakura it's I mean, it might be his temper, honestly. Like, and not that he's got like a some notorious temper, but like, I mean, he got he was in some like floor hockey league or something like that back in it, you know, back in his you know home nation, and I think he's he's Czech, where or Slovak, I, I forget. And like, there was like a brawl at the end of the game, and they like half of them got arrested, including Sakura, like for because he like beat the crap out of some guy in the team because of a. But this was in February, like a... right? This like came out and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, I, I don't know if much other than like just not working and developing, which I don't necessarily think is a concern with either of them. Like with Sakura, it's more like keep your shit together, keep your focus straight, keep your eye on the prize and, and, you know, just keep working towards developing. And then you always throw in things like, you know, you never know what happens if someone's got a shitty agent giving them bad advice or like, like, uh, you know, poor family members giving them bad advice, stuff like that. But but really, in, in terms of just like on-eye stuff with Berard, it's the size. And with Sakura, it's 
probably just making sure you stay focused, keep your eye on the NHL and working towards that and try to ignore some of the other stuff going on. And and then also being like, you know, European player, you always have to take into account. It's tough to move to the U S so then you not only are adapting to a new ice size, but you're adapting to new culture, new country, a new language and all that. And I couldn't do that. (laughs) You know, if I was 20 years old and had to go out and move to a non English speaking European country, I could totally relate to the fact that that could be really, really difficult. And and so I never want to like underrate the human aspect of it as well. Wasn't there a problem with Elias Anderson with that when he was injured or something and he wanted to be with the Rangers because, uh, I don't know, forget it. I'm probably remembering the whole story. There was a lot. There was a lot with Elias Anderson. There was trouble with adjusting. There was trying to meet expectations of a draft pick that was higher than what was probably warranted. He was getting some bad family advice. He had an agent. That was telling him stuff. And then he, you know, that the stories of how he, you know, is bullied and stuff like that, you know, over in the US as well. And so there was a a lot to unpack with Leah Sanderson and plenty of blame to go around. On behalf of the entire parkour community, I, I hearing the story of Adam Sakura fighting and getting arrested for it, I think that he's already a fan favorite in my community. <laughs> oh, so you want to start talking about Sean Avery and how much your community probably loves him then right now? Or Well, actually, you know what? Sean Avery and and myself are, are both on strike right now. We're both members. Well, of no, no. Sports, so, so uh, uh, yeah. sorry, you're... You work as like an actor or something? Is that what you're saying? Or? Yeah, I, I, I'm in the I'm in the union. I've ah, been... cool. Well, good luck to you on that strike, and I'm yeah. with you. But um, before we say anything else, uh, a story came out yesterday about Sean Avery and how he's he's in a lot of trouble because his wife is pressing charges about how he apparently was abusive to her and their oh, very young child, and that was joke i was making oh no so when you're like wait 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 (laughs) you know i didn't see that uh and obviously i don't want to talk too much about it on here but i just like i so i follow his him and his wife on on instagram because like i've been following him because like ever since i like started like knowing that like he transitioned into like acting and like he's been in a few christopher nolan movies and stuff um and he's an oppenheimer spoiler Um, alert what was that yeah exactly he's he's he actually has some decent lines i mean like Look, he's he's in scenes with Cillian Murphy and fucking Matt Damon. Like he's he's yep. in scenes with them. Uh and then like he just all of a sudden like disappeared off of like her Instagram. And I'm like, oh, that's probably Sean Avery being Sean Avery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. uh yeah, there you go. But anyway, good luck good luck to you with the strike and everything. Yes, all all kidding aside, all yeah. Avery comments aside. Yeah. Thank so you. what is uh Barazin Sakura's NHL ETA? Right and Sakura's NHL ETA, you said? I mean, like, when are they probably, expected to? Yeah, I would say two years. Both, I think, need a full year in Hartford, like adjust to the game, play against bigger men, all that stuff. You know, Berard's coming out of college. Sakura's coming over from Europe. So it's a combination of adjusting to the, you know, U.S. ice and style play, adjusting to playing against bigger guys, stuff like that. So, I mean, maybe... Yeah, depending i mean i don't even want to say like hey end of this year because given the rangers current roster i feel like if they're being brought up at the end of this year that means there probably were a few injuries or something went terribly wrong during the season so i would say play the year in hartford and then next year hmm. honestly hartford should have some they should have a decent i mean they had a pretty good team this year they went farther and they, they shouldn't have in mo- recent memory I mean, they have a good coach now, too. Yeah, I mean, that exactly. was the problem with Hartford for so long is they always had just, like, terrible coaches and stuff. But the, the Hartford, you know, the, the 
Murray's done pretty well with signing kind of AHL veterans to round out the roster and insulate the prospects that he wants to develop there. And now there's a good coach there. So when you have a combination of guys like Berard and Secura and, and Cooley and, and guys like that, that are like good players that are continuing to develop and advance, trying to prove themselves plus AHL vets that are, you know, late twenties and stuff. And, you know, while they're not quite NHL players, they know the AHL game and, and they can produce and, and lead a team and bring those like intangible and be the adult in the room, quite frankly, um, you know, that, that does go a long way. And, and so I think Hartford's got a good mix right now. So Nick's going to Dylan Garand. I probably pronounced that wrong. Do you Dylan expect, now that's right. Oh, do you expect him to be like a backup goalie in the NHL or a starter or NHL at all? Yeah. I mean, I think it'd be a backup goal in the NHL. Um, and, and, and I say that, and that's not like a knockback. Like, oh, it'll be a backup because some people look, like, oh no, like he's not a good prospect. It's like having a goalie prospect. I know he's that, not just Durkin. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like having a goalie prospect that even projects to be like an NHL backup is a really good prospect when you're talking goalies. Um, you know, Grand is one of those guys where, yeah, you know, he struggled a bit at Hartford this year, at least like when you're looking at some of the numbers and stuff like that. Um, but he was absolutely stellar in the WHL. And a lot of guys struggle to adjust when they go from juniors up to the uh, up to the HL. Um, he, he's a little bit on the smaller side when you're talking about today's NHL goalie, uh, he's like six foot, six foot one and like 180 pounds, something like that. Um, but he's got a lot of the tools you look for and a lot of the, you know, the athleticism, the awareness, the vision that you look for on this, you know, the smaller end of goalies. Um, so I do think that, um, he does have an NHL career for sure. It's, it's hard to say though, like when you're looking at prospects that aren't, drafted super high like they're not like or, or that they're not like a dustin wolf who was drafted late for calgary but has just done nothing but absolutely dominated every single step he's gone it's hard to project them and be like yeah they're an nhl starter uh because you know there's only 32 of those in the league um yeah. so but no I, I definitely think that he he has an nhl career i mean ben Waller definitely helps yeah, yeah, Benoit Lair. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the best goalie coaches. I mean, th there's a big thing with like, hey, you know, should goalie coaches and stuff make the the Hall of Fame and stuff like that? Yeah. And like, if they start getting let in, like Benoit Lair and his brother, both should absolutely be let you in. Just name the the award, the Benoit Lair Award, and then he wins it the first year. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, was Will Cooley. Um, lately, I feel like when he's been discussed, it's been talking about him as like a kind of a gritty bottom kind of guy um, that can really uh, might be able to break in just because he has that aspect of his game. And so he might be able to break in on the fourth line and be a contributor this year and whatnot. Uh, when I was looking into him a little bit further and like pulled up his elite prospects, the first line is Cooley is one of the most naturally gifted one touch scorers in this year's draft. And they rave about him being such a great uh, gifted shooter and have him listed as a sniper, which isn't something that I've heard lately about him as he's developed. Obviously, this was written, you know, a few years ago. Uh, is that an aspect of his game that may actually be something to, to look out for here that could potentially jump him up in the lineup more? Or is that something that's kind of faded off in the last few years? I don't know if I use the term sniper. Usually when I'm talking about snipers, I'm talking about guys that can score can beat NHL goalies from distance, um, which is not an easy thing. And you have very few of those each year that can do that. Um, but Cooley has a nice scoring touch. He's a, you know, he, obviously everyone, he, he's made his, you know, people know him because he's 
big and physical and, and people relate him to Tom Wilson, which is unfair because the thing that makes Tom Wilson, Tom Wilson is he is big, physical, skilled, and can skate. Well, cool. He can't, I mean, I'm not gonna say can't skate, but he, he's not a Tom Wilson skater. He's not going to be a top six player the way Wilson is. Cause he can't skate like that, but he is, he does bring that, you know, he's got the size, he's got the physicality and he does have a nice scoring touch in front of the net. Um, he's got a little bit of that Kreider bit in him where he can, you know, position himself in front of the goalie and be that screen and tip that he's got enough hand eye coordination tip the puck and he's got a uh, he's got a pretty good shot his issue though is he likes playing you know in the dirty areas and his shot takes a little bit to get off so it's hard for him to get his shot off in traffic he's not great handling the puck in traffic i mean if he was he he'd be projected much higher right um but he he absolutely though like speaking before you guys were asking me hey is this guy been nhl career will cool he absolutely has an nhl career absolutely can be a really effective fourth liner can definitely play the third line i'd be surprised if he's more than that though because he he doesn't have like the in tight skill set and and he doesn't have the skating to really be some that you'd ideally want in your top six but again he, he could be a valuable player and the notion of deterrence is is super overrated like i've spoken to multiple ex nhl players and, and you'll see in interviews like an NHL guy be like, oh, like when Ryan Reeves is on the ice, you're not going to do X or Y. Or, and, and they'll try to like argue that he is a turn because, because of that. From what I've heard when I've spoken to players, like that's that comes into effect before the game or like when you're sitting on the bench. But it's bullshit once you're on the ice. The game is far too fast and you have to make decisions far too quickly to be like, oh, I'm going to line this guy up for a hit. Oh, no, like Ryan Reeves is on the other side. Maybe I shouldn't hit them. Like, no, that's crap. That does not go through players minds when they're on the ice um but cooley is an enforcer in that if someone takes liberties or something like that with the player yeah he'll answer the bell and, and fight and at least make fans and the teams you know happy and, and there's something being an enforcer in that you know the locker room the camaraderie like the human element again like your team likes if someone stands up and fights for you and backs you up stuff like that so i don't like saying deterrent because again like no one's thinking that when they're on the ice the game is far too fast for that to really enter your calculus but he absolutely um is someone that will is a very willing enforcer after the fact so one last question. That here. makes sense. Like I know, it, like I kind of like me and yeah. No, no, no. That that, no, that, no, no, that that answers the question. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. But but would it obviously, if say not Ryan, a Ryan Reese type, but say like the bottom six or the fourth line in general is known to have that physicality before the game, it would be in their back of their minds during their shifts. It's not like oh he's on the ice with me. It's just in back of the minds. I might have to keep my head up a bit. Yeah, the keep my head up a bit is fair. It, it, but again, at least from what I've spoken to ex NHL players about, there's no, I'm not going to, I'm going to ease off this hit because so and so is on the ice. But perhaps, yes, it's uh, maybe I shouldn't keep my head down while crossing across the center of the ice when Jacob Truba is sitting there waiting for potential. People do that all the time and they should know him. He's like the only guy in the league that basically even steps up and does that anymore. Yeah. And yet they're still routinely like laying themselves up for him. Exactly. If you guys have ever seen the major league two, do you guys remember that movie? No yeah. major league back, one. Back, yeah. Back to the minors. Yeah. 
No, no, no. Back to the minors is three. Major League That's two, three. I'm sorry. Is, is when they get Jack Parkman and he runs someone over on the on the way, like coming back home, like uh, at some point in the movie, and he's like, "Get off the tracks, and the train's coming through." And he like steps on home plate. And I always think of "Get off the tracks, and the trains are coming through" when Truba hits someone. I don't know why. It's literally oh, people like, call him Truba Train too, which is yeah, the thing exactly. Yeah, like, and also both, yeah. both go together. Yeah, yeah. All right. So um, last question here. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. And Luca looks like he definitely uh, needs this yeah. uh, to end. Um, he needs to go to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any health insurance. So unless if, if there's a listener within the New York or greater New York area, uh, you know, let me know. DM me and I can send you a picture and go from there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't have insurance. Like support, support the act support the actor strike that's my yeah, take i mean come on guys i'm in this i'm in seg after it's 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 a hard time right now and i'm parkour bad acronym you guys are all saggy yeah all right um, anyway, anyway you, got um, one, you got one more question here Let's one more one more do you think there's any chance zach jones make the makes this lineup or it's like gustafson like was laviolette's guy I, I just is there any scenario where zach jones actually beats him for that sixth spot not out of camp, probably. Like Gustafson's good. He, he that was a really good signing. If you're ignoring yeah. like the prospect stuff, stuff like that, like Gustafson is a good player who is like your ideal. I need a bottom pair defenseman who can skate, transition in the puck, and provide some offense. Like he is the picture perfect what you want for that role. That was a great depth signing by Drury, and Drury deserves credit for that signing. And Gustafson, unfortunately for Jury, uh, fortunately for Zach Jones, is probably just a better version of Zach Jones right now. Um, so, like, is there much of a chance that Zach Jones makes the roster out of camp barring injury? Probably not. Um, but again, it's it's. It, I mean, it's the NHL. It's a collision sport that plays three to four times a week, <laughs> right? So it's it's injuries are natural, and, and quite frankly, the NHL should really and i'm not saying lean all the way to what the nba does but have a little bit of load management where like i mean jacob trubo was dog shit for half of last year because he played injured half of last year like he probably could have afforded to play to sit a couple weeks get healthy and have an any that that i never understood yeah but you know point is 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 you know i would love it if you know zach jones right now is perfect for like that hey let's sit this guy let's sit that guy let's sit this guy give him a little bit of a break plug in zach jones here and there He he's a great seventh option kind of deal it's just obviously you want him to play you want him to develop all that stuff right now so it's it, it's tough for zach jones right now where he he's good enough he's kind of like Niels lundquist last year where he's good enough to be on an nhl roster right now uh, is he good enough to be on the range NHL roster right now? Probably not. And it's different. But I, I will say, yeah. every at least Zach Jones is saying all the right things when he's interviewed and this and that. Like, he seems to, you know, who knows how someone actually feels, but the fact that he's at least saying all the right things is a good sign. And, and it seems like at least what he's saying outwardly is he's willing, he understands the deal and he's willing to continue to grind away, put in the work, develop. And you know what? This time next year, you know, he easily should be able to crack the roster, you know, obviously off season moves dependent stuff like that. Right. And it's different when it's like you're replacing your like sixth defenseman prospect uh, for the exact guy you need rather than like, you know, a player like Lafreniere or Kako and he'd all 
and which is a whole different story because that's like you know the bigger picture type thing yeah. well you know and like people forget like i mean zach jones was a third or fourth round pick and sure he probably should have been a second rounder but like not every player is going to be a star yeah, like, and and he got overrated by the near. I mean, every fan base overrates their their prospects. And you know, he had a couple good, you know, U.S. can uh, U.S. like tournaments and stuff like that, and did get overrated. But at the end of the day, like he's a small defenseman who is still a bit raw and and pro- needs to continue to develop. So it's not the end of the world if he's playing in Hartford again this year. So, yeah. uh, Drew, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, is there anything you'd like to punch Twitter handle? Uh, anything you're doing? Yeah, I mean, at this point, I feel like anyone listening to me on this knows where I'm at. But, you know, at Drew's underscore way, D-R-E-W-S underscore way at X or Twitter or whatever the hell we call that shit nowadays. Um, but just want to say thank you all for having me on. Always love coming on. And, uh, you know, enjoy, enjoy uh, best of luck with everything and enjoy your week. Yeah.